live. We are live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Breaking Broncos podcast. I am your host, Daniel Wetstein, with my co-host, Dylan Miles. We are here to talk another Broncos win, an, an astonishing Broncos win that absolutely nobody, I say this with confidence because I have went and checked to see. I mean, even Shannon Sharp chose the Dallas Cowboys over the Broncos, the only person in Broncos country that had the faith to believe in this Broncos squad was my man, Dylan, right over here. He actually called it and dang near got the freaking end score. And so did my sister-in-law. I say Broncos country, she's a Saints fan. So the only one in Broncos country and one person in Saints country both chose and almost got this perfectly oh. on this broadcast, man. My, my sister-in-law chose 30 to 16. Or 31 to 17, my bad. So she was off by two points. Mm -hmm. You were what, 24? I was 24 17. Yeah, 24 17. So you were off by six points or seven points if you count the one for the Broncos. So absolutely epic call for my guy here. We're also going to talk about defense balling out because the defense definitely did. I mean, they just completely shut out the best offense in the league. And we're going to talk about some concerns that we have and another. Big announcement for y'all at the end of this at the end of this podcast. So please stick around till the end so that you can go ahead and get that news. But we're gonna go ahead as usual. We're gonna start off with my guy Dylan because this is yours. This is all yours, my guy. Have your moment. Oh man, I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> well, you know, it was the main reason I had all that faith in it is because you know Dak Prescott, the amazing quarterback he is, was coming off coming back from an injury coming back and I think that old line was a little beat up but they but all of them were starting all their starters were there and it was just showing that that defense is so fantastic it's not like Von Miller missing Von Miller was just going to kill the defense you have all these great guys out there you have Simmons Kareem Jackson Shelby Harris and uh Stearns this was Stearns balled out bro Cooper balled out I mean it was just every Every person that George Payton has brought in in the last year seemed to do something absolutely epic in this uh-huh. game. And it was fun to watch. The offense was on a roll. Teddy played great. Timmy P played great. They finally gave the ball to Javante Williams more than Melvin Gordon. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> that was – yeah, even Melvin Gordon ran the ball well. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean – All around when, great team win and effort. Yeah, I would I would agree. This is definitely a team win. I mean, we also already have you know Teddy trolls out here trying to say that you know he was the reason that they won, even though the man barely had over 200 yards passing, only one passing touchdown, and was Long really thrown to wide open wide receivers. I don't know if Dallas just didn't bring their secondary. If Trayvon Diggs, you know, forgot overnight. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely insane to see just how inept this Dallas Cowboys offense was with their starting quarterback a week after we watched them absolutely mollywop somebody with their backup named Cooper Rush. Yeah. Poor Vikings, dude. Poor Vikings fans, man. That's what now – that's two overtime losses that I can think of off the top of my head. That's a special spot in my heart. Yeah, they they really do because I we understand we understand their pain. For, as up until yesterday, the entire Vic Fangio era was predicated on the fact that they found 
every way to lose. Yes. This Broncos team has found every single way to lose, and they've just finally figured out new ways to win. You know, the play calling was amazing. Sorry, say that again? Sorry, and the play calling was fantastic yesterday. For the most part. For for the most part, but it was the the nice mix that we've been talking about. We finally got the nice, even mix of passing and running. Yes, yeah, it was it was pretty close to a 50-50 split. Let me see here to get the exact numbers. Uh, actually, no, we did have – yes, we actually had more rushes. We had 41 rushing attempts to 28 passing attempts. This is the first week that Pat Shermer has gotten out of his own way and actually allowed the running game to take over. And we were speaking about Melvin Gordon running better. He did for the most part, but he still had a lot of the same issues. He only averaged 3.8 yards per carry because he got 21 carries, which means yet again, he got more touches than Javante Williams. Why? The man had a, Javante Williams had 111 yards rushing on just 17 attempts, just 17 attempts. That was a 6.5 yard average. And for the fourth week in a row, he had at least a 30-yard run. And, and he was just dragging people all over the bro, place. Bro, like that that run where he had like four guys on him and pulled another Madden move where he just shrugged them off. Like they were just children that he, he was just like pulling around. <laughs> it he was went for like uh, another 10 yards. Yeah, yeah. And then another 10 yards before somebody finally tripped him up. It's like – the man does not go down on first contact. Nope. Now you go and you watch Melvin. The reason he averaged 3.8 yards is because he essentially goes down on first contact every single time. Yes, every once in a while he'll break an arm tackle or something, but he is never going to do what Javante Williams has done week after week. Right, he's not... Melvin Gordon doesn't run over linebackers and linemen. He he can't stiff arm linebackers and linemen. Yes, he can run over safeties and cornerbacks. That's nice if you get loose. If you can get past the linemen. Exactly. You got to hope that your five guys can block at least seven guys that are sitting in the box waiting for you. So you're going to – that's why we always say you're going to have to make at least one man miss. That's why we love Javante Williams so much, because I just gave you the numbers. On average, the offense has five guys blocking seven defenders. That's not hard math. That's two extra guys that don't have somebody to block them, and your quarterback doesn't count as a blocker. That's the last thing any team wants to do. So the fact that Melvin Gordon can't make the first guy miss is what is so infuriating. The man's making eight and a half million dollars and can't make a single guy miss. And I think the one off of the running back stuff, you know, yeah, he just I was expecting to see him gone by the trade deadline. Same here. And the fact that we didn't means I bet you they're just gonna run the rest of this contract out and see what happens of him in the offseason, obviously. And I that's the only choice that we have at yeah, this point. Because you can't, you can't yeah. really trade anymore. Yeah, and you're not going to release him because no, you got to eat. Money. Nobody's going to take him off waivers. Nobody's going to take that cap hit from you. So you, they have to write it out. They're going to get nothing. Now there is one possibility: is that 
depending upon the free agent signings of the Broncos, is they could get a compensatory pick for Melvin Gordon. And just because of his talent level and the fact that he was a first-round pick and he has had a 1,000-yard season in his past, somebody will pay him like a starter. So that does give you a chance to recoup something, but it's not going to be any better than the sixth or seventh rounder that somebody would have thrown at you at the deadline. And why wouldn't you do what you did with Von Miller? The Broncos can absorb the cap hit. So why wouldn't you just keep the money to get a better draft pick? Essentially buy a draft pick just like you did with Von Miller. Well, the thing, the reason I believe it is, is because this coaching staff has been convinced and my, and it might have even permeated into the front office. Well, outside of John Elway, and I'll get to that in just a second, but is that they have convinced themselves that they will be able to compete. And honestly, at this point, because of the fact that they have won five games and there are still a couple of winnable games, I don't want to say easy, but winnable games up on the schedule, they could eke out a 500 record depending mm-hmm. on how things fall. You could barely sneak in that wild card if you're able to. Exactly. So, but I think that is infuriating because a wild card loss is a waste of time. Yeah. Like I get it. Okay. You can say you made it to the playoffs, but you're going to have a mid round pick. You're going to pick somewhere or either mid or late or say, God forbid, they somehow make it to the wild card and win one game. All of a sudden, you're a 500 team picking at the back of the first round Mm -hmm. and a team that needs a quarterback. I don't care if Teddy takes this team to to a wild card game and somehow miraculously wins one. He is not winning a championship, period. He is not. I don't care what any of y'all have to say. I don't care about his bloated numbers that have been blown up by garbage time uh, yards and touchdowns. None of that matters when it comes down to whether or not he can beat another elite team with an elite quarterback. He cannot do it. He just can't. Going into this, though, look, I'm just looking at the schedule on my phone right now. There are a lot of very winnable games left in the schedule and that's what scares me yep and then the next next week is is philadelphia which is very winnable very very at the most chargers after the bye week you know that's that's a winnable game as well they're pretty they're good they're pretty good good, but but they have weaknesses most definitely weaknesses yep and then the chiefs after that we've seen how they've been playing so far that defense is horrendous yeah, that defense is horrendous. Patrick Mahomes is throwing it everywhere, and we've seen Justin Simmons has hands. Caden Stearns has yeah. hands. You Cooper know, will, and Cooper Kyle Fuller played a really, really good game yeah. on Sunday. Like he had a really good bounce back game. I was honestly surprised at how well he played. Now we we do got to worry about Patrick Sertan and how long he's going to be out with the sprained knee. They said it's going to be at least a couple of weeks, so that gives me a little concern when when the Broncos play another team like the Cowboys, because you can't count on receivers like CD lamb and Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. all of a sudden forgetting how to catch the ball on third and fourth down. Like, those other guys like, right. And like you seen what that Turner kid did once Pat Sertan and all those other guys got hurt. All of a sudden 
they had to put their two best our two best corners on their two best guys, which mm-hmm. left Turner to essentially run free and run rampant throughout the secondary in those last couple of drives that got the Cowboys those six. And, and then even after the Chiefs here, we have the Lions. Where that is a very, very winnable game, but still <laughs> a chance you could lose, though. You never know. That could be the trap game that the mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys just experienced for us because I mean people can say what they want about Jared Goff the man did take a team to the Super Bowl so he can win games he might not have looked very good since that time but he's proven that you know he can catch lightning in a bottle from Mm -hmm. time to time and then Bengals Raiders and you know after the first meeting you never know especially how how they're falling apart right now my god the Raiders (laughs) just it's just I mean I gotta give them credit for holding the line mm-hmm. for a few weeks. But I really think that the Henry Rugg situation really rocked that that locker room. And then now you got like, uh, Gruden, you know, Gruden going guns around. Right, yeah. Gruden leaving, you know, it's kind of it was kind of like a good riddance like, mm-hmm. oh my God, can you imagine can you believe that that man was in our building? But with Ruggs, like that was their brother. That's the guy that they go to war with Man, every weekend. There was and, a piece that really pissed me off during that. It was Derek Carr's brother. Have you seen this? Have you heard about no, what, what he happened? Said? So no. it was during it was during the rug situation, and you know, there's that cool piece where Derek Carr is like, "If nobody's gonna love him, I'll love him. I'll be there for him." And then they were they were uh, talking about that. I forgot what show his brother's on, but right after he just said, "No, I think my brother deserves to be MVP. He should be the MVP." Had nothing to say on the Rugg situation. Only wanted to talk up his brother. That's awesome. It was oh my! It pissed me off. And then all the news, and then Damon Arnett. Gotcha. That's okay, sorry. Amazing. I just got a just got a message from uh, what that big announcement is later. I just got some more information. So sorry. That's why I was looking down, guys. I wasn't trying to be rude, but I got something something's brewing here. I just can't tell y'all yet because. I don't have all the details, but they're coming through. So, but I was listening. I got you, brother. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't know how to, I don't know how to go any further with that. So we'll go ahead and move on. And I really want to ask the question of, of with the Broncos, you know, committing to the run game, they had an efficient passing game. I mean, they still had their moments of, you know, there was a couple of three and outs where it was run, Mm -hmm. it was run, run pass and and that throwing a tight end screen on third and long like those things are still infuriating but i will give Shermer credit that he kept those he kept the stupidity to a minimum and kept a commitment to the run uh, on a day that both running backs were really kind of running roughshod over a defense so i want to give him that credit but my question is how sustainable is what they did on sunday to you you know it's very sustainable to me you know, on one hand, you know, towards especially towards the end of the game when they, you know, they seem like they were falling apart. It was already a one game. But still, you got to play until the end. You got to play until that clock says zero. But, you know, the way they were playing the entire day, the way they were playing the entire day, oh, just lost my thought. Okay, yeah, the way they were playing the entire day, if they finished that out, it was a shutout. Yeah, but, you know, no, I hear it was, you. It was no reason for anybody to play super hard for anybody else to get hurt on both sides. You know, the game was already, you know, the Broncos already called the game. 
it was thirty. It was thirty to nothing at that point, and there were two meanings, meanings, meaning, uh, meaningless drives for the Cowboys at with what what three four minutes left that there was no way they were going to come back. Now it's very sustainable, but going into these later games, you're going to have to keep playing. You got to play till the end. You got to play as hard as you can. No, I, I hear it's you. Sustainable, but there's still that chance. There's just still yeah, that and I mean chance. There's there's a there's a few things that really really got gave me some pause when I was looking at things, um, like especially the fact that D- uh, Dallas was able um, to get more fir- first downs passing. Um, you know, they had less sacks. The Broncos, uh, Teddy Bridgewater was sacked four times, as opposed to Dak Prescott only being sacked being sacked twice. Uh, so the offensive line for all the good they did in run blocking, mm-hmm. the pass blocking still scares me. And, and the nice and thing he, about this week is Garrett Bowles is back. I mean, yes, he yeah. is, but he hasn't been playing up to the no. all pro level that he did in 2020. But he's, he, I still don't think he's playing as bad as he was before 2020. No, I agree. He's not as bad, but he has regressed, mm-hmm. especially in run block and like, and just being manhandled. Like that's the thing that gets me with Garrett Bowles is just how he's getting just thrown around. That, that was the one thing, the one thing that he could hang his hat on every single year, even in his rookie season was that when it came to run blocking and just mauling defensive linemen, that was his shtick. Like that was his thing. He seemed to enjoy that. And, okay. Yeah. But now he's just getting ragdolled. And I don't know. I'm not sure if it's technique or is it that he's gotten lighter in the weight room or what it is, but something has changed to where he is just not nearly as strong or nasty as he used to be. And that's what really set him apart in 2020 and gave him that extra boost as he was able to get rid of the penalties, but also keep that nasty streak. And that was the balance that he always kind of struggled with was finding that that fine line in the sand that he doesn't cross to get those penalties and to make those mistakes like he did. So and to Mike see Munchak him make deserves, that regression is scary. Mike Munchak deserves so much credit for what he did to that offensive line. I mean, he truly does. And I mean, I, I don't think you can give Mike Munchak any more credit than what the man mm-hmm. gets in NFL circles. Like, no, does do – the media really talk about him, but I mean, no. honestly, but from the what inside, offensive line coach, yeah, yeah, but from what the offensive inside, line get coach makes you know, uh, makes headlines, yeah. So, you know, the fact that you know he does get recognition in the media at all is actually quite surprising again for being an offensive line coach. Most people don't even know the name of any of their team's offensive line coaches, yeah. and really, outside of Mike Munchak and Rick Skarnecchia from from New England. I couldn't name you any other ones. I couldn't either. You know, but Mike Munchuk deserves so much credit for turning that offensive line around. Especially for his first season, it showed so much improvement. Because those years after the Super Bowl, that offensive line was awful. It really was. And the past really, years, really they've been in the top 10, top 15 since Munchuk took over. And, yeah, you know, I, finding Dalton Ragnar, who I got to watch play in high school, which was amazing. And Right. Yeah, I, I'm sure that was pretty cool for you. It's yeah, very surreal for all of us. Because you played him, wouldn't you? I, I, plays. 
Yeah, we play Wiggins. I got a, my brother always played against them. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, because he's yeah. a couple years ahead. Of you. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting he's, he's how older dang than young my brother, you are. And I was never in high yeah. school. He was. Yeah, I keep forgetting how dang long you are or young you are. So <laughs> I got to watch him in junior high when my brother played. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm that sure was that was like. Yeah, I was going to say like I because I remember like in Sterling like we never played Windsor or anything like that. Yeah, but we would guys. play teams in like in like Denver or even like Ogallala. Like that was the biggest surprise to me is I feel like the biggest team we ever played was from Ogallala, Nebraska, and, and we played guys. Yeah, and we played like Lindell White's high school team. Like I played against Lindell White. I, I got trucked by Lindell White. I know that most people wouldn't freaking be happy about that, but I mean, I got mine too. I, I stuck. I got a tackle for loss on uh, on a couple plays later, so you know, I got mine. But and you know the, I guarantee he doesn't remember me. But yeah, you know, there's th- those little things are kind of cool, you know, to look back on. I remember the biggest team we always played when I was watching my brother and calling games or two was St. Francis in Kansas, and Match Buff up there in Denver, Match Buff High School. Some big dogs. Offensive line average like 250 and our biggest was like 220. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, thankfully, like in my class, there was me, a kid named Rick Furrow and uh, another kid, uh, Josh, Josh something. I forget his last name. Um, but all three of us, we were like essentially the same size. We were all somewhere between six foot three, six foot five, and somewhere between 290 and 300. And I think, I think Rick was the heaviest or no, Josh was the heaviest at like 350 pounds. And like, and all of it, and Rick was the smallest at like, I think it was 290 or 300. I was 325 pounds at the time. So we had a pretty big offense. We had a bunch, we had some pretty big corn fed country boys on, on our offensive line. That reminds me of TikTok I saw. It was like, these guys, it's like, uh, he's like, our city football team is about to go out to play some hillbillies and lose 42 to nothing in the mobile court. Right. (laughs) go go face some Quinn miners and stuff up there because that's, that's essentially what we were we were we were the big old country boys from literally the country if any of y'all know where sterling colorado is it is literally the country and that's hey, you don't need to know city. yeah that's the big city of when i left was a population of eleven thousand. that's the largest city between the nebraska border and denver that's just northeast colorado yeah, that is the that's the, Sterling is the big city in Northeast Colorado. And, and then what, what's behind it? Fort Morgan. Uh, yeah, I think Fort Morgan's right behind. Fort Morgan and then Brush. Yeah, Fort Morgan then Brush, and Brush is tiny as crap too. Yeah. I think last I knew, Literally. Brush had like five thousand people. So you can see the when we say we're country boys, you understand now we are real country boys. I was just at the farm the other day, actually. <laughs> right, this boy grew up on a farm. He grew up in a tinier town than house. me. Yeah, he grew up in a town that was, you know, where my dad grew up. So, yeah, insanely, insanely small. But anyways, getting back to these Broncos and this game, we're touching on, you know, the defense balling out 56 minutes. Those last four do kind of scare me because, again, the injuries. Like, I know we talked about sustainability. This is another thing that makes me worry. The fact that Patrick Sertan is down, uh, McTelvin Ajum went down. It was another very, very costly win for the Broncos. It's the second one in a row. Mm-hmm. And I and got so a, attrition. I got attrition stat. is real. Sorry, what was that? 
Sorry, I was, when you were finished, I had two good stats for you. Go for it. So, Tim Patrick, right? Man's just balling out. He's just been insane. Top receiver in yes. the league right now. He has 156.3 passer rating when targeted in man coverage, and it's the highest in the NFL. And I think the next closest is down by 30. That is, that's Timmy P. And that's why it makes Timmy me P. consternate so much about who should be kept. Because, yes, court usually gives the flashier, crazier plays for you. But Timmy P is just so consistent and reliable. And he just catches every – the man still has not dropped a pass since it was like week uh, 16 of 2019. Yeah. He is the only receiver in the league that has no drop passes in that time frame. He's going to get like some crazy fits that where he had like more tackles than drop passes. In his right. Career. That That's that's where he – and that's who he reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Like Fitz wasn't always the flashiest guy. He didn't always hit the – 80 90 yarder but you know he could but he was just so reliable and then it was third down fourth down and second when, in long you know when bruce Arians took over he blew them the slot and you didn't yeah. hear much from him but when you did look what he was doing exactly i still think you know, bruce Arians is the mastermind nobody understands i i do think that he he is a, a bit underrated yeah. like i think he he does enough self-promotion to keep himself from being too overrated or underrated. But I do believe even with all of that, he is still a little bit underrated. I think that a little bit too much credit is given to Andy Reid over Bruce Arians when it comes mm-hmm. to offensive gurus. Like Man. Bruce Arians just could take anybody and he's going to put them in his system. Yes. He's going to risk it for the biscuit. Yes. But he makes it work. Everywhere. Always does. He didn't do he wasn't even the head coach. Well he when he was the interim head coach for Chuck Pagano, he was running he was running his scheme over Pagano's scheme, which they're similar, but still. But man, and then looking at the other crazy stat was is I know you saw it and I think we talked about it, is the Cowboys haven't beat the Broncos since nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. That it, seven straight games the Broncos have beat the Dallas Cowboys and they've done it on both places, obviously. And they, mm-hmm. they only meet every once every four years since the realignment. And that so makes so much that sense. Is an, that's another insane stat for you. And just got a couple of people coming in here with comments. Just want to, what's up my guy. What's up, Randall Peterson. I appreciate you coming on in bird gang. I appreciate you. And we got mile high six. I appreciate you there, Vince. I appreciate you coming up. And there is the one, the only Nika Nicholson who. Almost got the score perfectly last week right here. That's my sister-in-law. Got to give her some credit there for making that, that prediction, just like my boy Dylan here. What was hers? I, st- I still can't get over how close y'all got, man. What was hers Not only did again? y'all pick the win, but y'all almost got the score identical. I should have put some money down. You really should have. <laughs> I know I did. I mean, I know I picked against them. Like, this is something that y'all are going to have to know. That if I pick against somebody, that's because I don't want you putting your money down on it under my word. Okay. I might still do it. This is not but financial advice. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give a, a, you know, a recommendation. Then you come back and be like, you made me lose all my money. And I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So, and we got to clarify. And I'm going to make what I believe is the best choice where the best money should be. So, 
We there clarify, this is not financial yes. advice. <laughs> yes, this is not gambling or financial advice. You cannot this is blame just us. us saying. This is just us saying, all right? So, they should have placed bets. Yep, yep, see? My, the wife agrees. Should have placed bets. I, I made a little bit off of them, so there you go. I don't think anything <laughs> will beat your week three. No, I don't think so. I don't that think was, so. Yeah. So for, for, I'm glad you brought that up so that I can have my moment after I gave you yours. For so those was, of you that are that joining crazy. and don't know, in week three, I hit a 16-leg parlay, all 16 games on the, in the week. I got them all right, all 16 games. So that's my claim to fame. He's got a ridiculous call for the Broncos over the Cowboys. I got my own little thing of where I actually predicted all 16 uh, games in a single week. That was pretty epic. I got to say. I would they got to shout out in Jerry World. I, w- I kind of wish they would too, but it's just like, games, I mean, Vic yeah. Fangio said it. They ran out of bodies. They, yes. were, they were using personnel groupings he never would have used at the end of the game. Because I was hoping but, somebody would do the Eli Manning, where he, uh, on the first game of that stadium, he went and wrote on the wall in the locker room, first win in the new stadium and signed it. Oh goodness! <laughs> and I was hoping they would put a shutout in the I actually did not know that. Dude, it's, it's actually amazing. pretty epic. There's a picture that is of absolutely it. I'll find amazing. it. It's just it, it was the first game played in that stadium, and the Giants went in there and kicked the crap epic. out of the Cowboys. Yes, no. It was the season definitely. they won. No, the next season. It was the next season they won the Super Bowl. Okay, I got so you. The season before that. So 2014. Well, that, that yeah. was no, no, so no. That stadium was that stadium was uh the first time its first season when it hosted the Super Bowl for the least memorable Super Bowl. Oh, Second gotcha. least most. Second Between least Packers most. Packers and Steelers, yeah. Packers and Steelers, yeah. That was a pretty horrible game. That same but, season, Eli just pulled that, and I'll find the picture. I'll send it to you. It's amazing. No, I hear you, but I mean, I don't know. I have you some bodies. I got you. I, I got some consternations about the way yeah. this Broncos team has reacted. I really don't like the smugness of Vic Fangio in the post-game interview. I don't like that the Broncos, like almost every Broncos player went to Twitter and uh, Instagram and all that and just were going ham like they just won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Not like, yet. I get it. I get it was a big win. I, I do. I they should definitely enjoy it. It was a great win. It was a dominant win. But you still are only halfway through the regular season, guys. And a Let, long let's calm season. down. And a they long. Yeah, I mean, they, there's a long road ahead, most definitely. Y'all really need to temper your expectations. Again, we did, you know, we pointed out all the winnable games that are coming up. We pointed out, you know, the, the possibility of the sustainability of, you know, running the ball, which is something that we talked about since, you know, the Mm -hmm. first episode this year is if fan, if Shermer could just get out of his way, allow this running game to just go out and eat the way that they did on Sunday, it would make life easier for Teddy. Cause again, Teddy is not winning you games. He he can't win you games. He will lose you games, but he will not win you games. He can manage it. Go ahead. Right. The praise I like to give him is, yeah, managing games. He can manage the games. Yeah, he's great exactly. at doing that. He's always been great at doing that. You know, yeah, he but, has the people around him to where he doesn't have to be winning games. 
No, exactly. But that's how it has to be. It has with to him. be. Yeah. It has you, you cannot count on Teddy to be the guy. He has to be just a guy. You know, he can't be the focal point of your offense. He just does not have the physical tools to do so anymore. Maybe as a rookie in his second year, something like that, when he had more mobility, a stronger arm and all that. But yeah, since that injury, he's just not the same quarterback. He is now a backup game manager type that will essentially win you about as many games as he'll lose you unless you have just an unbelievably stacked roster around him. And unfortunately, a newsflash for Broncos country, this roster is not unbelievably stacked. It definitely has talent, but it is not stacked by any measure. You know, the addition of having Jerry Judy back has helped quite a bit. You know, I mean, yeah, they have some... Yeah, KJ, all the but oh, excuse me, sorry about that, guys. It's not stacked. It's not all stacked, but, but it's yeah, it's a lot. Of they help. have a couple of rooms that are yeah. that are pretty stacked. You no, know, you got the wide receiver room that's pretty stacked at the top. You know, top three and four if you throw in Hamler, who's on IR, pretty stacked. The running back room, Melvin Gordon is a viable starter in the league. He's not the starter I would want. But he he does have value in the league. I don't want to. I don't want people to think that I just think he's a bum and you know he's not worth anything. He's not worth the eight and a half million the Broncos paid him. Yeah. But he is. He does have value. He can catch the ball. He can block. You know all of those things that you want in a complete back. So he has value. But again, not the starting running back I want. But still viable. So that room fairly deep. But once you get past the top two, it's pretty thin after that. Then you have the cornerback room, which again is pretty deep. It's more top heavy than real depth, but you know there's still s- s- really good players across the board in that room. So that one's pretty stacked. Yeah. Uh, the defensive line is not nearly as stacked as people think it is, and we have seen just how thin the linebacker crew is with the moves that. Well, did you see who we signed today? Made. What was that? We signed a linebacker today. Did you see who it was? Uh, linebacker today? No, I did not. We will I saw today. I forgot his name. Here, let me pull up a Rappaport. Rappaport. Where was it? Where was it? Was it Rappaport? No, it's probably. Uh, it was oh well, here's some other news. Broncos promote guard Austin Slotman to active roster. Graham Glasgow is on injured reserve. Ooh. So they have officially moved Graham Glasgow, the starting right guard, to. IR, but I'm not too mad about that because honestly, the way that Quinn Miners looked, he looked a whole lot better than Graham Glasgow has mm-hmm. looked this year. That's another one of the Bronco of the Elway signings that's not looking very good. Gave oh, that man a lot of money to come from Detroit, and he really hasn't done much yeah. of anything. It was uh, Avery Williamson, linebacker. Avery Williamson. Oh, I actually like that. Yeah, I, I've seen him. Play. He's got. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's got really good athleticism. I actually know who that is off the top of my head. But, yeah, he's got some pretty good athleticism. Um, So I think he's going to add, you know, especially to special teams. Like, he might not do much on defense at first, but he is a really good special teamer. So speaking of special teams, how about we go ahead and jump into the next subject? (laughs) This ridiculously bad Broncos special teams, again, had its moments. They were covered up by the fact that the Broncos were able to win 30-16, to but it did not start or end well for the special teams unit. You and, had Tony uh, Pollard almost take the opening kickoff all the way. 
You then uh, later on in the game, he almost broke another one. You had the 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 rule that nobody knew until Sunday, which I was did. the fact. I that... did. I did. Oh, you did? Okay. I well, did. again, Dylan I knew something the rest of us didn't know. So, yeah, I didn't know that rule. I thought I knew a lot. I think uh, well, I knew pretty much all the rules in football. So basically, yeah, it's I like the only reason I knew it was because it's like they touched the ball first. It's like on a punt. Say like the Broncos touched the ball on the punt and they can't get it. The Cowboys are like, say the punt of the Cowboys touched the ball and the Broncos can get it back. That's the essential same rule. Yeah, there, there was there's, a, progress. there's a bit of a, but yeah, the consternation yeah. comes from the fact that if he would have, if he would have been able to take two more steps, mm-hmm. that's all he, if he'd have been able to take two more steps before he touched the ball, the Cowboys still would have had possession of the ball. Yeah. It was simply because he was about three inches behind or beyond the line of scrimmage and touched it. That's what did it. So if the man was able to take just maybe one and a half, two more steps, we might be talking about a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. And this is where the sustainability kind of, I don't, I don't have any faith in. Well, don't get me sorry about it's reps. Be, yeah. It's because of all of the luck, the dropped interception by, uh, or not dropped interception. I'm sorry. The overturned interception because of a hold by Trayvon Diggs on the whole other side of the field that negated the one interception know, that the Cowboys did get. You know, and uh, you have that blocked punt that wasn't a blocked punt that could have went again, just by a matter of inches could have went a completely different direction and completely swung the game. Cause at that point it was only a 16 to nothing game. If Dallas gets that ball right there at, I think it was like the 19 yard line. Is where they covered it, you know, and punch that in. It's a 16 to seven game. And who knows if they don't even go for two, it's a 16 to eight game. It's a whole different ball game at that point. You know who I re- yeah. what I really wanted to see yesterday? Yeah. Was Fangio let McManus kick that ball? I did too, but but yeah, it comes from a lot of things why you shouldn't have done it. Yeah, and it was smart not to, but I really wanted to see him kick it. Right, but you got to remember from a few a uh, few years ago, mm-hmm. he did let McManus kick or try to kick a sixty-five yarder in Denver. And McManus missed. And then McManus went on a a drought of where he missed like six or seven field goals in a row, no matter what the distance was. It was like five this season besides the two missed. Yeah, he's been perfect this year. But I'm saying, like, the reason I'm bringing this up is because when that happened, the next year, it would have been, yeah, it would have been 2020. So it was 2019 when when Vangio allowed him to try to kick the 65 yarder and he missed all those kicks in a row. Then 2020 came. And there was another chance for McManus to break the record at the time. Uh, it would have been a 65-yarder again, and Mc, and Fangio passed at halftime. It was right at halftime. And they asked Fangio after the game why they didn't let him, and he explained the reason why is because the year before when he let him, it screwed up his mechanics, mm-hmm. and he went on a, on a tear of just – not being able to hit anything from any distance. I so I think that's probably in the cards of why he didn't let him do it again. I think he's still think got that worry. There was that other one but, last year where he tried one and it got blocked as well. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, you know, there's all, there's all kinds of worries right there. Like if they can, if he, if it comes up short and I mean, you've seen how Tony Pollard 
Obols took a you know a kick return yeah. back twice in that game. So if he's got and that was against a special teams unit that's there to tackle and on, a, in a, on a, a field goal, it's like oh, seven wow. or eight offensive linemen that have never made a tackle in their life. And so them trying to tackle somebody like Tony Pollard is not gonna happen. Yeah. So is taking him chasing him down. Sam Martin's not chasing him down. Nope. That's what I'm saying. You're going up against seven or eight linemen and a kicker and a punter. That's why you see those ridiculously long returns on missed field goals that don't go out of the back of the end zone. Yeah. You know, the first one happened in Baltimore with uh, Jacoby Jones when he did that back uh, the same year that the, the the mile high miracle happened for the for the Ravens when they oh. won the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Um, so oh you know, God, that was the was first one that I can remember, but I know there's more because I think I think Brian Westbrook had one back in the day. Yeah, uh, but it was it wasn't like the 108 yard. I think it was like 105. I think because I think he was that was the record that Jacoby Jones broke. Did you see the one from year. last year? Uh, last night, the kick last night. The, uh, the kick kicker return. trying to kick at 65. Oh yeah, and it bounced. Oh, no, man. it didn't though. They showed the other angle. I thought it bounced too. Oh and yeah, that's right. He was like nine yards short. Yeah, I remember because like, um, yeah, I remember I watched prime because I watched it live and I'm like, man, that was so close. And then I watched prime time last night, and that yeah, I remember now. Yeah, they showed that uh, from the other angle where it was like, yeah, like nine yards. It's crazy that was how angle like buddies, we were like, yo, that was really so close. Yeah, was yeah, like, yo, that was like he bounced it. It was a bad yeah, it looked bounce. like it bounced off the crossbar. Yeah, it looked like, like it that's had what a bad I thought bounce. happened. But no, yeah, it bounced like nine yards short. And because of the angle, when it bounced on the ground, it just looked like it bounced on the And we were sitting there like, yo, that was like props to him. He almost made it. And then we watched her like, oh, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, oh, but, close. yeah, this Broncos team and the, and the way things go, like, I know that a lot of a lot of Broncos country and a lot of the pundits here, they want to they want to try and make the case that this is the real Denver Broncos. But these moments we've talked about, the the special teams errors, the the number of sacks that were given up, uh, you know, you can't count on Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, again, dropping all those passes. You can't count on Dak Prescott being just off because there was multiple touchdowns that Dak Prescott overthrew his receiver. So there's there was multiple touchdowns that were left on the field by the Dallas Cowboys. This was not nearly as dominant a defensive effort as so many in Broncos country want to claim. There is a lot of chinks in the armor. The the, the thing that really threw me off yesterday, it was disrespectful. <laughs> was them going for those fourth downs early on? I mean, it kind of was, but I mean, I mean, like. The, it makes but sense. who who are the Broncos to say that? Look at the first couple yeah. weeks of the season. Look at what they did to the Jets and the Giants and the Jags. There's yeah. a reason that the Broncos have the best fourth down efficiency in the league. It's not because they did they did great on fourth down against the Steelers, the Ravens, and them. They did great on fourth down against the Giants, the Jets, and the Jags again. So, like, who are the Broncos to sit here? and try and act like that was so disrespectful. You yeah, did the I mean, same thing yeah. just a few weeks ago. Oh, definitely. But it was like what they were saying, but it was like, I think that changed the momentum of the game. I really For think them, it did. I think it was a stupid move. Fourth downs. Yeah, they should have taken those field goals. Because, I mean, think about it. If they, if they kick a field goal on each one of those fourth downs and they make it, 
That's an extra six points. At the end of the game, it was 30 to 16. That makes and it 30 to 22. That's a one-score game. And then the third if down. If they just kick those field goals. And then the, the third, fourth down where he overthrew his receiver. Yep. He overthrew CD Lamb. Yeah, overthrew CD Lamb. Then you have uh you had Amari Cooper drop a fourth down pass. You had a CD Lamb drop a fourth and down pass. He just pass. threw in the turf. Yeah, just threw in the you had you had Dak Pre- Prescott throw one in the turf. You had CD Lamb and Amari Cooper drop multiple third down passes. I don't and, think they were ready. I mean, you can't have the you can't count on the best offense in the league going 0 for 3 on fourth and two or shorter every week. Like that's that's just not going to happen. And the Cowboys had a trap game. They came in overconfident, and they laid an egg. The Broncos didn't change who they were. The Cowboys did. The Cowboys overlooked the Broncos with a division team coming up next. So they just laid an egg. They're like this is more about the Cowboys playing badly than it is the Broncos playing well. Because when you look at the numbers, when you really look at the numbers. Outside of Javante Williams, Tim Patrick, and Caden Stearns, and maybe Jonathan Cooper, there's a lot of chinks in that armor. There's a mm-hmm. lot of things to be worried about. So don't be – Broncos country really needs to sit down and, and realize that the Eagles aren't a pushover. Yeah, are they a great team? No, no. but neither are the Broncos. But, you have so, these, but the, the thing with the Eagles is they're a young team. They are a very young team at this point, and head into that game, you know, they've been learning. They've looked better every week. Yeah, and that's the thing you got to be looking at. And you know, but I know most of the most NFL teams will look won't look at games like, oh, it's an easy win. Yeah, they, they should. You never but, know. But I mean, yeah, but you've just seen what happened to the Cowboys. Yep. That is exactly what happened. That's why I said most NFL teams. Yeah, most of the time, exactly. Most definitely, I like that caveat that you gave. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying is, like, the Broncos are just as susceptible, if not more susceptible, to something like that. Because, again, like I wanted to point out, how how much they're thumping their chest and and calling out pundits and stuff. And, like, I get it. I get it. Nobody nobody but my guy and, and my girl over here really had your back last week. Every pundit of every national media and local media outlet even DNVR, like I was watching DNVR when they did, even Andrew Mason, like Mace, yeah. Di- Mace of Denver picked the Cowboys and he felt sick about it, but he did because that's where the smart money was. And the thing- they were the best team that they had a six game winning streak, best offense in the league. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. So I don't, I, I'll go ahead and say it. I don't think that this is the real Broncos team. And I it's don't not. think that the way they played Sunday is sustainable. I think it's they not. can play that way against teams like the Eagles, but when it comes to better teams, it, it's just not going to happen. And the, the the one thing that I think really helped yesterday was the crowd. Crowd. I, that was insane, game. wasn't it? Broncos, how about them Cowboys and being America's team? But, I mean, also the thing is, is like the what, the thing I want to temper people with is y'all got to realize that those Broncos fans in, in Texas only get to go and watch the Broncos in their home state every eight years. So yeah. for the people talking about, oh, Broncos country didn't show up and the, and the fans in Dallas are better than well, the fans. Well, four, four, because absolutely screw all of you. What's that? 
it's every four because we played them four years ago when Trevor Simmons. But was, we only play in Dallas in Dallas every, every eight, eight yep. years. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They, they can only go to Dallas and watch their Broncos play yep. every eight years. 2029, so, maybe. They probably have had those tickets since tickets went on sale at the beginning of the year. And nobody's going, no Dallas, nobody in Dallas wants to go see the Broncos because we suck so bad. It was just the same reason why almost 12,000 people didn't show up at Empower Field. It was because they were playing the Washington football team. I promise you, if that was the Bucks or the Packers or something like that, those 12,000 fans would have shown up. But because the Broncos were playing the Washington football team, which is an absolutely horrible team, and honestly, everybody that's that watched the Washington football team game, the Broncos-Washington football team game, do you blame the 12,000 people for not showing up? Nope. I wouldn't have shown up either. Honestly, I would have sold my tickets. Yes, I'm that guy that, like, oh, the, both these teams suck? Then I'm just – I'm not going to go. I'll sell my tickets and I'll make some money off of I don't care if it's a Washington football team fan or not. I'm going to sell my tickets. Y'all can be mad at me about that if you want to. I'm just going to keep it I mean, real. That's how, I mean, that's how a lot of season, season ticket holders make some of their money back. Yeah, they sell their tickets. I mean, it happens all the time. And that's that's why there was that big hubbub a couple years ago when they kicked a bunch of people off of the Broncos season ticket list because they didn't go to a single game. Yeah, like there's some that they literally just buy the season tickets to resell them and make a profit every year. So there was and a smart, bunch of people that laugh. had them for like 20, 30 years that got kicked off because they hadn't been to a game in like over a decade. So, I mean, I mean, I don't yeah. knock a side hustle, but I mean, that is kind of dirty. There's a, there's a lot of people out there that would really actually use those tickets. So I if mean, you're one of those people, don't be a jerk. Just give up the tickets. I mean, the what I saw recently that Packers fan that finally got off, got his season tickets after almost fifty years of waiting. Right, <laughs> almost at the end of his life, and he right. finally gets them. Now he's gonna have to pass them down to his children, most definitely. But we're starting to get towards the end of our broadcast. We're going to go ahead and hand out our helmet stickers or player of the game, however you want to say it. We don't care. We just want you to get the gist. So I, I will go ahead and I will let, since Dylan did make the pick and got it right, I will let him go first. I got two for you here. I got offense and defense. Awesome. Offense is going Timmy P. Man balled out. Get... Man balled yes. out. And on defensive side, this one was hard. It was between Jonathan Cooper and Stearns. And I had to go with Cooper. Man was nice. just all over Dak that whole day. Granted, the only he really was. once. He was there that whole twice. game. He was twice. Twice. Yeah, twice. He was the two sacks. Yeah, the twice. only two sacks. Yeah. yeah, the only two sacks. He got him twice, and he was there a whole day, and all day. All it doesn't day. matter if they didn't get more than two sacks. He was no matter what. He was there. It was like yes. back in the twenty sixteen AFC Championship game between the Broncos and the Patriots. They didn't sack Brady a bunch of times, but they hit him over a hundred times. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that 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 was that they were constantly harassing Dak, and they constantly got him off his spot. I think mm -hmm. that's that went a long way towards the Broncos getting the win is that they never allowed Dak to get comfortable. It was his first game back after the calf injury. So he probably wasn't quite you know, comfortable with getting outside the pocket and making quick cuts and things of that nature. So the Broncos wanted to test him. And I got to say that 
he showed a lot of toughness. Dak showed a lot of toughness. He Dak was, is one of my favorite players in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. Number as much as I hate the, the Cowboys, I love awesome. me some Dak. Exactly. I hate yeah, the I was, Cowboys, but I love Tony Romo. <laughs> I was pounding the table for Dak when it came to his, for him to be drafted. I, I still cannot believe that this league was that ignorant that they let that man drop all the way to the fourth round. Like that, that's him, Russell Wilson getting to the third. Like I understand Tom Brady lasting to the seventh round. If any of y'all have ever seen that man without a shirt on in his combine picks, you will understand why he was a seventh round pick. And he, he needed development, but Dak and Russell came into the league ready and they proved it by taking over. I mean, the first year in the league and never letting it go. So, I think the funny just because part of is, their height. The funniest part is was uh, I, now now I can see what Belichick sees in a quarterback after seeing the Brady pick side by side with the Mac Jones pick with his shirt off in the locker room with a cigar in his mouth. Yeah, they're kind of the opposite though. Like yeah, uh, Tom Brady looks like a fucking crackhead, yeah. and and Mac Jones looks like your looks dad. Like a corral. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean he's got the ultimate dad bod. I mean, dude. It's, it's he hilarious. Loves, Belichick loves his tall white quarterbacks. What can I say? Right? Yeah, what can you say? But my helmet sticker, I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to grab the other kid that you were that you just mentioned. I really love the way that Caden Stearns has looked. I mean, the interception, the pass defense, two tackles, almost had another pick. The kid is just a playmaker. He sacked, he sacked uh, oh, I just Lamar Jackson twice against the Ravens. Yep. Exactly. The the kid has stupid athleticism. He hits like a truck. He honestly, to me, is just a bigger version of Kareem Jackson. And yes. the way he's played, I have absolutely no issue if Peyton just lets Kareem Jackson walk. Like whether Kareem Jackson signs somewhere else or retires doesn't matter. I want to see more of Caden Stearns. Mm-hmm. I really think that him and Justin Simmons could be one of the best, if not the best, safety duo in the league. Imagine so, though, imagine they bring him, bring Kareem back on like a one more year, maybe like a one year contract, and you let. Him I mean, that's a under. heck of a big dime package. Yeah, to so have you, Stern, you Simmons, and under, Jackson. You let him sit under Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons together for another year, and then Kareem either retires or walks. I love me some Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I would not be mad at another one-year contract, yeah. you know, at a discounted price like he is this year. So, yeah, if he wants to come back on that, most definitely. I mean, he's not, he's but not I still believe that Caden Stern should be starting. Yes. Like, even with Kareem Jackson on the roster, like, going forward, like, I do think Kareem deserves to, you know, finish out the year as the starter. But at the very least, they should be fighting for a job if Kareem Jackson Kind of like the way Champ Bailey was with Chris Harris. He wasn't really playing as much in those final years. You know, he was a starter, but he wasn't out there on the field as much as um, as much as much uh, Chris Harris was out there. It's kind of a similar yeah. deal. Yeah, and it's like – and the only reason – honestly, I think the only reason Bailey isn't still playing is because he refused to, to move to safety. Yeah. Like, I honestly think the man might still be playing because if I don't know if y'all have seen the man lately, but he looks exactly he looks the great. same as when he was. Yeah, he looks absolutely great. It's like Shannon Sharp. They look the same as they did. Dude, when they that were video, did you same. see the video of Shannon trolling Skip? Oh, yes. Yes, His I old did. Helmet. That helmet's so small for I him know. now. 
His head got bigger somehow. It's that HGH that he's taking. Have you seen those commercials? Yeah. God. Yeah. I think I think he's taking a little bit more than HGH. I'm sorry, but that man's over 50 and still looks better than most WWE wrestlers. Yeah, I want to okay. bring Shannon back for a one-year contract. Let's we'll see what he can Bro, do. Bro, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, he says that he's only got two routes left in him. So he's like, sign me the day before the Super Bowl is what he said before. So he's like, I can get two plays, get a touchdown, and we're good. Oh, man. <laughs> what was the – I remember seeing – is that America's game from the Super Bowl where they beat Atlanta? And he was talking about how the game plan was focused on him because they knew they were going to stop Terrell Davis. And he was sitting there thinking yep. he's going to be the MVP. And then, like, in the second quarter, he tore his uh, – <laughs> he partially tore his MCL. Yeah, his MCL, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shannon's got some of the greatest moments in Broncos history. Like he lost his memory uh, the, in the whole Jets game. Yeah, or the Patriots game where he call he grabs the red phone talking about somebody called the president bringing the National Guard. We are, we are killing, killing the, the Patriots. Patriots. In old Fox, <laughs> he was he he was and is one of the greatest talkers in sports history. That is even Marshall said he's like, hey, you don't have a problem with me. It's with eighty four. You can kill him. I don't care. <laughs> I got you. It was like close yeah, to much like pouring the water, pouring the gate like the all the water and Gatorade on him the cool and nice. Like you need to stop. Most definitely. But moving on from the analysis of commercials and uh advertisements, let's go ahead and let's talk about this next game that we got coming up this week with the Philadelphia Eagles. And we're getting closer to that nice, awesome announcement that we have for y'all again. But we'll go ahead and start off. I mean, again, like we said, this is a very winnable game. The and passing offense. Uh, for the Eagles is absolutely abysmal. They are ranked 30th in the league at 221.3 yards per per game. Uh, but they do have a very good running game, which is worrisome. They have a, the sixth-ranked running game at 136.6, which tells you that they have a really good run-blocking offensive lineman. And again, the Broncos are without McTelvin Ajum. I think Mike Purcell is still hurt. Uh, I mean, I think still got Shelby Harris. Week, if I'm not wrong. I believe so. Week. Yeah, yeah, either this or next week. But, you know, that, that defensive line's getting getting really thin. I mean, yes, Kenny Young has looked really good. I really like the way that Baron Browning has looked since he was inserted in the mm-hmm. starting role. Uh, but he's still young. He still makes mistakes in coverage. Uh, he still has some issues getting off blocks in, in uh, when it comes to supporting the run. So the fact that... The, that that offensive line is really good. There, there's a lot of thinning going on in the Broncos, just all around. Not even just defense. The offense is getting you know players dropping left and right. So this is really going to be another game of attrition, uh, a lot like the Browns game. So, yeah, I this is going to be another one of those crappy games to pick. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you go ahead and give some of your analysis on what you see. Yeah, same. It's it's very winnable. Like we we've been saying the whole game, but it's very losable in a sense. It's very losable game if they go out there yes. and play like they did those final four minutes. Uh, yeah. You know. Also take Denver on this one. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go with the Bronx. But uh, it's gonna be a very close game. To me, I think this one's gonna be maybe a 17-14. 17-14 or 20, 20, we'll go 20 to 14. Another another Broncos-Washington football team stink fest. Yeah. Gotcha. Understood. All right. So I'm not going to go too far into my, my analysis on this game. 
uh, because really I have it. another opportunity for that, and we'll get to that in just a moment. So I will go ahead and I will make my pick as well. Again, this is this does seem like a very winnable game, but the Broncos have shown way too much chest thumping. They have shown way too much giddiness over an essentially meaningless regular season win. Yeah. I am afraid that this win has gone to their head. They're going to come out with a false sense of security. They are going to overlook the passing game for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think that Jalen Hurts is going to light it up in the air, but mobile quarterbacks scare me against this Broncos defense, especially with their, the thinning out of the linebacking core and the secondary, because those are the guys that got to pick up the quarterback that's running and make sure that he doesn't kill them. And the Broncos are really thin at those positions. So I'm going to have to go against the Broncos again, because I just, the smart money to me is on the Eagles. Uh, you know, they're at home. I'm sorry. This is at in power field. I apologize. Yeah. But anyways, they're, you know, they're on the road. The Broncos are at home. The Bron- Broncos country will show up, be loud, but I'm afraid of a letdown. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pick Philadelphia they have the better running game. They score more points. I'm going to take Philadelphia 20 to 14. Oh, no. There's our picks. But I mean, hey, if y'all have followed my picks, when I've picked against the Broncos, they win. When I pick for them, they lose. So you can take either side of that double-edged sword and do with it what you will. I think but, I'm like close to undefeated on picks. I'm just saying. Minus, the one, are, minus the one win on the Raiders. Minus the one win on the Raiders. Yes. You did pick, you did pick, uh, so yeah, I think you've actually only mispicked once. Yeah. So there you go. There's, Just because there's my guy's stats. Week and I was like, there's no way. There's I didn't no think way. so either. <laughs> I didn't think so either. But, you know, because, you know, that's, that's this difference. That's why I say that it's not sustainable. Like you mm-hmm. see it with the cow, with the Raiders, how they can overlook a team and get mollywopped. Or you see the, the Jekyll and Hyde effect this Sunday and they mollywop a team that's way better than they are. Yeah. That's just what this team is just a Jekyll and Hyde. It's how this is how it's going to be. That's why it's such a consternation and crapshoot when you're picking these games. But anyways, getting on to the announcement. So you've actually I actually showed one of the gentlemen's uh, comments earlier here, Mr. Randall Peterson, right here, my guy from Bird Gang. The reason I bring him back up again is that your boy is going to be on another show again. I have been offered by Bird Gang, a Philadelphia Eagles-centric podcast, to come on just like I did for Unger to the Backs for the Browns. I'm going to represent Broncos country, give my view on on our team with an opponent. So I know that I really enjoyed Unger to the Backs. I know that a lot of you did. So and this one is a bit bigger to me. I really, I really appreciate the fact that he came to me this. With Unger to the max, I went to them. I'm actually kind of shocked that they came to me with the type of following and things that they have. So this is a really big opportunity. I want to thank Bird Gang for reaching out and giving me this opportunity. I am going to hit you up as soon as we get off this live so that way we can get the exact details. And I will let y'all know I don't have an exact time or day yet, but it'll be in the next couple of days. He just sent me a message uh, with a couple of the things that we got to work out. I'll get that worked out. I will get the details out to every platform that we have. That way y'all have the deets. I will get you the links and everything. I hope y'all join in. 
It's going to be an absolute blast. I've watched some of the things that they've done. I've really done some research on them. I think that they're really good at what they do. So I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So please join us. Please go ahead and give Bird Gang a shout out. Go ahead and give them a follow and like if you are an Eagles fan or you know you just want to show them some love for showing us some love here on the channel. It's really appreciated. Uh, but as you can see, you can go ahead and hit us up at underscore the answers 42 or any of our other social medias. Hit my boy up right here at Dylan underscore miles one four seven. He's always happy to talk sports. We're always happy to talk sports and we want to hear what y'all have to say. We're not here as a set, you know, just as an echo chamber, but we don't want anybody else's opinion. We want to hear what you have to say, Broncos country and Tay 42 family. Please let us know in the comments, any of our social feeds, make sure you hit that like that subscribe comment, all those good things. And most importantly, share, please share, 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 share. That is the most important. All, everything else is great. We love you. We appreciate it, but please share it every time. Like COVID. Yes, spread it like COVID. Let's be mass spreaders. (laughs) Or Wuhan up in here. Yes, most definitely. Anything you want to give out before we go over here, Dylan? I got nothing. All right, then. Well, again, I am Daniel Westside, your your host with my co-host, Dylan Miles. This is the Breaking Broncos podcast on the Answers 42 Network. And as always, don't question the blue.